Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Misunderstood. I'm Rachel Yucatel. I wanted to start off by thanking everybody for listening and tuning in every week to our podcast. We've hit over 2 million downloads in the short time we've been doing this, and I really appreciate your support. If you could go and give us five stars and give us a review, that would be even more special to me. Um, we love hearing what you have to say. We love reading it. We read everyone, and it really helps us out. So I wanted, again, to say thank you so much for your continued support. You are why we do this. So for today's episode, if you're a Bravo fan like I am, you're going to love it. We have Toomey from Below Deck Med. What I love about Below Deck franchise is that unlike all the other reality shows, this cast actually is working while shooting the season. And I don't mean like the way the cast of Vanderpump, you know, works. These yachties are actually living and breathing their job aboard a boat with very particular and wealthy clientele that expect five-star service, no matter what drama they might have going on. And the cameras are there to just catch all of it. As Chief Stew, Toomey stays out of the fray most of the time. So we were excited to get to know her better. She was born in South Africa and grew up with a large blended family. She manifested her way into the yachting industry with the help of some quarantine creativity and her Instagram feed. I think that story is really going to surprise you. It's such a great story. Um, and she's actually very inspirational the way she does it. She gives us the inside scoop on the reality of yachting versus the reality of yachting on TV. If you're interested in working in the industry, or if you're interested in taking that first yacht uh, vacation, you're going to want to listen up. Toomey is a no bullshit kind of girl, which I love. So get ready for some rumors to be cleared up and maybe some new ones to be started. It's so exciting to have you here on Misunderstood. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. So where are you in the world right now? I'm currently in New York City. <laughs> and it's freezing. But oh, yes, it is. Well, I'm in Florida, so it's a little warmer. But you're not in the Mediterranean somewhere on a yacht, correct? No, 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 no. And it's not the season yet, so we're not ready to go yet. 
Got it. Okay. Um, so <laughs> it's funny because we have a mutual connection um, that kind of helped me get you on this show. I mean, obviously everyone knows who you are and I knew who you were, but um, we share um, someone in common who is an astrologist. I was just curious, do you believe in a- astrology? Do you use that to sort of help you make decisions or you're just, we're having fun uh, listening, having yeah. Oh my God, I totally believe in astrology. And um, Amy was actually one of the first people to like really get me into it. And every year, I always get a reading from her because I'm like, okay, we can conquer, we can do this. <laughs> it really and helps, you know? I, I was curious if you think it's it's been something where you've seen actual tangible things that she's predicted. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, in the moment when she reads it, sometimes I'm like, oh, Amy, I really hope that's not true. I don't know if I believe that. And then by the end of the year, I'm like, yep, Amy called it. Wow. All right. Well, not trust me. I definitely believe her. That's very interesting. Yeah, I just started having her do my readings, and I'm not sure if I fully believe in it yet, but I'm going to see where it takes me. But it is very interesting, that whole thing. It's so interesting. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about um, who Toomey is before the girl that we know on the screen. Um, I know you were born in South Africa. Can you talk a little bit about your childhood? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was born in Johannesburg, South Africa, which is probably like our New York of Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up there my whole life, um, stayed in the same house, the same area, went to one school, um, have a group of friends that I've had for years and years and years. So we had a pretty good life back there. Um, grew up with a garden, grew up with animals, you know, so it was a really good life. And do you have a, do you come from a big family? I do. I do come from a very blended family as well. So I've got like six siblings, two oh, wow. stepbrothers, one half sister, one adopted sister. It's a lot. <laughs> Wow. Okay. And are you still close to everybody? Are they still there? Did they move to America also? Yeah, I've got two brothers that are here in America and my sisters are back in South Africa. Okay. So I know you've spoken a little bit in a confessional about something that, uh, a tragedy that happened when you were younger. Can you talk about um, what it's like to lose your, your father? I guess at that age, it was super confusing because it was so sudden. It wasn't something that I think any of us expected. Um, And it's just crazy because sometimes with death, like everything just changes overnight. And so it was pretty hard in the beginning, but eventually, you know, life goes on and you kind of get used to the new normal. Mm -hmm. But at first, it definitely was a shock to every single one of us, including the community. Right. Well, you, and you found out, it sounded like you were about to have a dance perform, some sort of performance, right? Yeah. So I was actually on that topic. I was, um, I was a lead, my first lead in my ballet concert. So without me, there wasn't really a show. And, you know, we were really young. I think we were like seven, eight. It's not like they have like someone on the side that can fill in for you. Right. That Um, wasn't an understudy. Yeah, exactly. So it was a bit of a, you know, it would have been, it just, they wouldn't be a show. And I would remember just being so excited. It was my, you know, my first time and I loved ballet. I took it so seriously. So yeah, that day was my first show. Wow. And for people that don't know what we're talking about, can you explain what happened to your father? Because it was sudden and it was a tragedy. 
Yeah. So um, my dad was murdered. It was an apparent hijacking. And um, he ended up in hospital for a couple of days. But, but when they decided to pull the plug, that night was the night that I had to go perform um, my ballet concert. So, I mean, you know, I didn't have to do it. But at the same time, I was like, this is something that I have always wanted and I was so excited about it and I also didn't want to let people down um yeah so I ended up yeah. dancing but you know dancing so you... at the same time is therapy now that I look back at it mm-hmm. yeah it probably sure. wasn't the worst thing to do no it was probably you know took your mind off of it and it made you feel like you were doing something for you did your family show up yeah. for you or were they at the hospital like what what happened no they were at home I mean they had to be at home yeah yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I had more than one show. Mm-hmm. Got it. So, you know, and the other shows, they were there. How do you think that affected you? I mean, listen, I'm somebody who my father also died when I was, um, I was 15. Um, my headmaster at my boarding school had to tell me, um, you are much younger yeah. than me, but I know what that is like to lose somebody. It was a very sudden, tragic thing that happened. So to hear something like that when it's completely unexpected as a child, for me, I know that that affected me. It affected my relationship with men going forward. It really affected me. So I'm curious, you know, what, what your, um, you know, how that affected you. Yeah. It completely changed me forever. I truly believe if you lose a parent at any age, there's a part of you that completely changes and it's almost like you lose a part of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I didn't realize the effects until I was about 18 when I left home, because I left home at 18 and went and lived on my own. I went to another city. I started a whole, you know, went to college, I started a new life. And I was like, holy crap, like I actually do need my dad now because now I'm meeting boys. It was easier not to like entertain the men thing in high school. Um, and I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I, 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 I don't know to like decipher between if a guy is being serious, if they're being truthful, if they're genuine if they're not if they really love me if they don't because I was like robbed of that experience yeah so it definitely changes you yeah and it's you know that relationship um especially as a young girl having a father and losing him is so terrible because in my opinion you know that's the one man you learn what unconditional love is from someone of the opposite sex and when you don't grow up with that I think it's really hard to learn what that is and to to decipher and kind of know your way so for me it's been something that was it's always been hard to figure out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Tons of therapy. Yeah, that's right. So, all right. So, so what got you to the place where you decided you wanted to go into yachting? Like, did you like boats? Did you like sailing? I was just tired of like the nine to five corporate living. I was so sick and tired of it. I remember I, you know, I finished my internship, I worked at a photographic agency, and it was in an environment that was aligned with like my interests, and I still wasn't happy. Then I moved into the restaurant business and did social media management. And I just couldn't stand the fact that I have to wake up at the same time, go home at the same time, and do the same thing week after week. Like and I just where, felt so where bored. were you living now? In Cape Town. Okay. So you were still there. Yeah. yeah. I was still in South Africa. And I mean Cape Town is one of the most creative cities in South Africa. And I was like, if I'm not happy here, then, I mean, we have to figure something out. And um, 
then I was in the office one day and one of my colleague's cousin came in and she's like, I work in yachting and I had no idea what it was. And it just, the seed was planted from there. So how did you get your first job? What did you do? Well, I was stuck in quarantine and um, at home. Mm -hmm. And I just decided, I was so frustrated because, you know, we couldn't get work and they weren't flying people out of South Africa. So I just decided to do what stews do on yachts and document it and kind of train myself. So I didn't even know how to fold like a fitted sheet. So then I'd do like little fitted sheet folds and then just put it on Instagram. I don't know how to fold napkins. So then I started folding napkins. A lot of, I started training myself how to iron sheets, like super good, how to make beds. And I just literally documented that and put it all on Instagram and it just got traction and wait, someone wait, wait, picked wait. me up and was like, time yo, time you need to come. So you were, hold on, this is during COVID <laughs> and you were home ironing sheets and folding your bed and putting it on Instagram? 100%. That's amazing. That's yeah. like, you know, that old, you know, what they say, like, you know, if you build it, it will come or whatever. Like you yeah. couldn't get out and get the job. So you like created it in your home and it came to you. I think that's amazing. I kind of just lived it. I guess that's like manifesting. You know, some people say you manifest, but you have to generate manifesting. And I was just generating that energy. Like, I want this. It's not here. But let me just become that thing that I want. And, so would, you, and I, would you read books or watch other videos about what you were supposed to do? How did you know how to fold corners on the bed? YouTube. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. Everything you need is on YouTube. Support for today's episode comes from OneSkin. We all know New Year's is synonymous with big health resolutions, and I've definitely got some of those, but you know one thing I'm not changing in 2024? My skin routine with OneSkin. I started this last year, and I have never had healthier skin. What makes OneSkin so great? Well, their products are powered by scientifically proven peptide called OS1 that targets lines and wrinkles right where they start your cells. It's not just another skincare routine. It's a real science breakthrough. In fact, OS1 is the first of its kind to actually turn back the clock instead of just masking the signs of aging. With their full line of face, eye, body, sun, and travel size products, One Skin doesn't only promise healthier skin, they prove it. I've been all in from the first time I tried it, and so can you. For a limited time, our listeners will get an exclusive 15% off OneSkin products by using the code UNDERSTOOD when you check out at oneskin.co. Starting 2024 off right and give your skin the scientifically proven love it deserves with OneSkin. So for Christmas, I sent my mother, who's 78, um, the travel pack, because in the travel pack, it comes with four different products, a face wash, a body lotion, a, the face um, lotion and also the eye cream, the face cream and the eye cream. And I'm not kidding. She called me the other day and told me that she is going to be ordering um, the full size bottles because she loves it so much. And people have actually commented on her skin. And again, guys, she's 78. I've had a couple DMS from people who have told me that they've bought the product. They will not go back to anything else. They love it. They're so excited. And I keep renewing my orders. All the products are great. I love the face wash. The body lotion is great. It's not sticky. There's no fragrance. And it just makes your skin turn from alligator skin to like this regular supple skin. I'm not kidding you guys. You really have to try this. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspects of aging. One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. 
Get started today with 15% off using code understood at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at O-N-E-S-K-I-N.co with code understood. After you purchase, they'll also ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show. Sorry. And tell them we sent you new year, healthier skin. That's one skin. We've all made our resolutions for the new year, but I wonder how many of us are actually sticking to them. I've done the whole new year, new me thing before, and I totally give up two weeks into the year, but this time I have one resolution. I know I'm going to keep no matter what smelling better naked. It's as easy as upgrading deodorants to Lume. Lume is a game changing whole body deodorant safe to use anywhere on your body. And I mean, anywhere pits to privates. It's especially great when you're running around all day, maybe going to the gym, then a meeting, and you just don't have time to go home in between created be created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. Lume is clinically proven to block odor all day long. And thanks to its one of a kind pH optimized formula, Unlike certain deodorants that try to mask odor with a fragrance, Lume is formulated to stop odor before it starts. And they've got over 275,000 five-star reviews to show it for it. Make the switch to Lume. And with this special offer, you can make this year your freshest one yet. New customers get $5 off Lume's starter pack with our exclusive code and link. Use code understood at lumedeodorant.com, L-U-M-E-D-E-O-R-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. When I got my products, I will tell you that I tried all of them in a matter of a weekend. They all smelled great. I felt fresh. I didn't have to reapply. And the one great thing about it is that my daughter, who had heard about these products, um, stole every item I got and is using them every day and told me I have to order my own, which is hysterical. Lumi starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like mini body wash and deodorant wipes and free shipping as a special offer for listeners. New customers get $5 off a Lume starter pack with code understood at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack. When you visit lumideodorant.com and use code understood that's amazing okay so tell me about the first time you had a tangible real job in the industry how did you get it what was the phone call like where did you go so I found her so she found me on Instagram and then we had a phone call and she says I'm on this boat and we're happy to bring on a force stew Um, and also because of my social media background the boat needed social media like expertise And they were like, you're a perfect fit, so would you like to come? And I was like, of course I would. So I actually started my yachting career in West Palm Beach, Florida. Okay, amazing. That's where I am. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was for a private, um, you know, rich dude, or it was like for a yacht that changed over different uh, uh, guests? Yeah. No, it was a private boat. It was private charter, but mainly private. Okay. Okay. And so, and that's where you got your real training. And that's where I got the real training. And how long was it before you were contacted by the show? Oof, I was like six months in, five, five, five and a half months in. Mm -hmm. I was just finishing off my training because normally it takes six months in total to go from like green to junior stew. So it was just finishing. um, And that's when they contacted me. And were you living, I mean, listen, I'm in, Palm Beach myself. I know a lot of guys who here who have yachts. They're not even here half the time. So I'm curious, yeah. you living on the boat and it was a working boat and you guys were going out at sea or like you were living in a hotel or something and coming in daily? 
No, so we were living on the boat. We were, um, yeah, he didn't come too often, um, but we were living on the boat. Okay, wow. And when they're not there, are you still working all the time or is it just like a free-for-all? No, it's still nine to five, except you have your evenings off. Right. Okay, so so did you apply? Had you watched um, Below Deck before you even got on the show? Did you apply? Did someone contact you? Tell me how it happened. Yeah, so I had watched, I think, one or two or three episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew of it, but um, so then when they contacted me, I was very much aware of it. They actually contacted me twice, I think, and then the one time I was like, nah, I'm not ready. And was um, that also because of your social media that they contacted you? How did they find you? Well, they found me from my social media page. <laughs> wow. I mean, how many followers did you have? That's, like, shocking. I had, like, I think, because it was a stewardess page, I think I had, like, a 1,000 and something, 1,700, but I grew very quickly. Like, okay. it was not So I think much. that's really important for listeners to hear, no matter how yeah. many followers you have, because so many people think you have to buy followers or you have to have, like, a million followers to make a difference. But what you're saying is really important. The show found you. Bravo found you because of this little social media page that you just spent a lot of time on and you really cared about. It was like a real transparent, raw thing. Yeah, yeah. That's 100%. I mean, you don't need a lot of followers, to be honest. Right. So, okay. So tell me, you obviously agreed to do it. And what was the, what, what is that process like of interviewing? Like explain to people who are kind of obsessed. There are people that are obsessed with your show, you know? So they want to know everything from soup to nuts about how you interview, how you, you know, how, what happens from the beginning to the point where they're like, you're in, you're coming next season. Yeah. So you go through an interview process. Um, I guess you interview with casting first and then I think they pitch it to the network and then you interview with the network and then they tell you if they've chosen you or not, basically. It's literally that simple. I think I went through like three interviews or something. And were your hopes really high or you really didn't care? Honestly, I wasn't bothered if I got it or not. (laughs) I was just like, I'm happy here in Palm Beach. At the time, I was actually in the Bahamas. I was like, whatever. I'm on my Yono path. I'm having a great time. If I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. Like, it wouldn't have really affected me in any way. Juice cleanses, soup diets, keto, hours of cardio. You lose weight and it comes right back. You lose it again. Comes back again. Believe me, I've been there. We all have. If this cycle sounds familiar to you, there's a better, more sustainable way to lose weight. The Row Body Program. Rowbody is a patient-driven healthcare company that puts you in control of your health. Row's mission is to enable their patients to live better and for longer by optimizing their metabolic health and helping patients lose weight. The program includes a personal coach dedicated to your health, a smart scale and in-home testing kit to track your weight loss. Obesity is a tough subject. There's a lot of shame and many shy away from even discussing it, but Roe addresses the issue head on. They give people the tools and support that enable them to succeed. They even customize products and services based on patients' personal objectives and unique biology to help them live their best life. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. Are you ready to get started? Before being prescribed medication, patients must complete an online medical visit, lab test, and qualify for medication based on their BMI, lab results, medical history, and the discretion of a Roe-affiliated healthcare provider. 
Medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications to achieve the stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients pay for that separately. One of the great things about the Road Body program is they support you throughout the whole process. They handle all the insurance paperwork to help you get the medication covered. And if eligible, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. You can even sign up online. The Road Body program is ready for you to take that first step. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash understood. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash understood. Again, row.co slash understood. Right. Okay. So, and they finally say to you, okay, you've got the part. How does that work? Then are they like, you have 30 days to get your stuff in order and meet us on the boat? Oh, I think I had like two weeks or something. I think I had two weeks or three weeks. I mean, I had to quit my job. Wow. Which was um, scary because the captain was not happy. Right. Um, and then I, yeah, then I flew to Miami and then we we're on our way to Australia. Okay. So wait a minute. I, I think a lot yeah. of people have questions about how this works in terms of payment and if it's a real thing. So you, were you making a decent living, um, in yeah. Palm Beach with this other gentleman? Honestly, no, because I was a junior student, I was earning the lowest and we weren't like a heavy charter yacht. So it wasn't great money but it was just entry level, if that makes sense. And then when you're going on the show, I think, uh, you know, my question is like, we all see you get tips at the end, but are you actually being paid separately? Like you're working a nine to five job? Like, how does that work? Like, explain So you do get a base salary and then you get your tip money. Right. So I think that's interesting because that's different than reality shows because you're one of the few shows where you're actually working. I mean, it's not acting. Yeah. I mean, part of it is, yeah. you know, acting in your scene or whatever, but um, you yeah. really are are working and have to, you know, do all the yeah. extracurricular things, but like you're, you have to do a real job. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're busting our ass. That's why I look disheveled half the time because we're actually working. Right. So, <laughs> so they're not starting you off in hair and makeup every morning. No, and I think, and it's interesting because I feel like people think that they do and people's like, oh my God, why does this person's hair look like this? I'm like, I am so sorry, but I'm sweating my tits off, okay? Mm-hmm. I am exhausted. I have bags under my eyes. Like, I wish I had hair and makeup sitting next to me every single morning, but I don't because this is right. a real job. Right. So. Okay, and and what was that I like? I would look like that. <laughs> well, you're beautiful, so I'm. you look good all the time. But uh, I know what you mean. It's not a good feeling when you're when you don't get that extra umph. Um, so, what was yeah. it like the first day you showed up? Did you know who was going to be on the show with you, or do they surprise you? No, I had no, I had no idea. They always surprise you. And did you were you aware of, the cast, of some of the cast members when you walked on that boat and you saw who was there? My first one, no. My first season, I didn't. My second season, I did. Okay. So yeah. let's talk about your first season just for a second. You were with some pretty mm-hmm. high profile um, people. You were with Captain Jason, correct? And Aisha, mm-hmm. how do you pronounce her name? I never get it right. 
Aisha. Aisha, right. How was your experience that first year? It's your first year on TV. It's your first year doing, um, you know, this kind of job and getting filmed doing it. Um, and you, it was a step up, I'm assuming, from being on one gentleman's private yacht to a yacht that has turnover every week. So talk about the difference there. Yeah. I absolutely had a blast my first season. Good. That was the most incredible experience. I honestly, I don't even have one awful or bad thing or I just, I loved it. I really did love it, love it a lot. And um, it was also, I think it was the perfect bunch of people to start this journey with, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, and we all genuinely had a good time with each other, you know? And that's why sometimes I think you don't see much drama because it was just so much fun. <laughs> I still stand by that. I really had a great time on my season. Let's talk about some of the misconceptions that people don't understand about the show. For example, guests really pay. It's funny. I was actually, they called me and asked me a couple times if I wanted to be a guest on one of these shows. And people don't realize yeah. this is like a paid appearance, yeah. you know? Um, and But at the same time, the guests are expecting five-star service from you. Yeah. So yeah. you're you're really fulfilling two roles. I mean, you're trying to have a storyline, but at the same time, you're fulfilling a real need for guests that are there on a real trip. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, and that's what people, you're right. That's what people don't realize is that when they're paying so much for this, I'm a real yachty. So I take it seriously. And I know that if I'm going to invest a lot of money into something, I expect a service. So if I have high standards, well, yes, I have high standards because they're paying an exuberant amount of money. Yeah. So it's like, that's what I expect from my team. That's what I expect from everyone. Um, So yeah, that misconception, sometimes people get a bit confused. Because I'm pretty sure you wouldn't be okay if your bed wasn't made at a certain time or if your towels weren't picked up from the floor. You know, it's like, come on. Yeah, well, (laughs) of course. Um, Yeah. So you've done two seasons of the show. You were on Down Under um, with Captain Jason, J- Jason, as we said, and then you got a promotion to Chief Stew on this past season of Below Deck. Yeah. In. Were you so excited when you got that promotion? I was really excited because I was already transitioning into Chief Stew um, at the time anyway. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is perfect. I knew I was ready. And so I was really, really excited. How for you did the two seasons differ? I mean, you played such different roles, but, you know, just give me a little succinct thing of how it differed. Yeah, the second season was definitely way more intense. I also think that the personalities from the first season were just super chilled, mm-hmm. you know, and, and everyone was a little bit more, I don't want to say mature, but they were older and no one really wanted to deal with drama. You know, it just, it was just different. It was very, very different. Mm-hmm. Definitely more relaxed environment. I'm curious if you watched season two of Down Under. I watched a little bit, but I'm friends with them, so I heard everything. (laughs) Right. So as we all know, there was a lot of drama with season two, um, and there was a lot of drama with Laura and Luke. Do you know Laura and Luke? No, thank God. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm curious if you were Chief Stew on that yacht, would you have handled the situation the same way? This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, 
Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My God and Luke off that boat. Yeah. So what I find I'm also is saying this because I know Lucia. Okay. And I know she would never intervene if her heart wasn't really sensing something. She's normally super chill. She doesn't give a flying boot what anyone does. But if her tethers were something was wrong. Mm. So as a viewer, what I found interesting is that obviously on all of your shows, crew members are getting mm-hmm. together, they're dating or sleeping together, whatever, however you want to label it. There's a lot of drinking that goes on. And I think some yeah. people took the side of, you know, this was all normal because it always happens and it just got a little bit too far, but it wasn't a big deal. And it was all very normal. And it was like made for TV to look terrible. And then some people were like, it was was totally over, you know, crossing the line and really disgusting and sexual assault. So, you know, um, what are your thoughts on that? Because I know that on a lot of these seasons, there's a lot of intermingling. Yeah. Well, I'm not a big fan of the intermingling because of this reason. Yeah. Because, and I think in the industry itself, the lines are very blurred very, very blurred. And in some ways, I'm, I want to say like, it's, it's just representing what actually happens in the industry. And, you know, Laura and Luke's case isn't the first case that we've heard of. Right. So, yeah. And because the lines are just so blurred. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's interesting that you say that. So, so this isn't just a made for TV show. I want to hear more about like, what is the difference or similarities and what your show was and what real yachting is? Listen, I've been on numerous amounts of yachts. I've been to Saint-Tropez and did all that fun stuff. Um, But, you know, I don't really recall any drama going on behind the scenes with the staff, Um, you know, and, and it definitely wouldn't have been appropriate if there was, you know, that's what is interesting. So I think a lot of people wonder if it's, it's kind of made for TV or if it's like, that's what's happening. Cause you guys are in the middle of the Mediterranean and there's nothing else to do. No, I mean, in real yachting, to be honest, any drama and any of that stuff, you would be removed. Yeah. Just like, like in, any, you're going. in any job, right. <laughs> if you are, are yeah. crossing the line right. with a, with a boss or a colleague, it gets dangerous and uh, distracting and, and people are removed. I mean, I think that's an obvious you know, thing that people should probably have some. Yeah, I just think 100%. And I just think that sometimes when people realize they're coming, and one of the things that frustrates me is that sometimes when these crew members come on to the show and and you film with them, it almost feels like they're playing for the camera. And that's why you're seeing this over-dramatized. Because I'm like, I know for a fact if you're on a normal yacht, your ass would be really quiet right now. Right. You would like right. not say anything. So some people, so, so opinion, I think that people, also takes off. Yeah. So in your opinion, some people are there for the paycheck and for being on TV as opposed to working on their skills yeah, yeah. as a stew. Yeah. I almost think they think that that's what 
is wanted instead of like just be yourself and work which is mm. what they tell us all the time like you're here to be yourself do your job and let it play out naturally but i think people just want sometimes not everyone but some people it almost feels like they're playing for the camera and that can be really frustrating and that's why it looks over dramatic yeah, I'm curious for for people that are real fans of the show, you know, how much of it do you think is reality and how much of is it not maybe edited but you know made a little bit more dramatic. I think a lot of people wonder if it's all made for TV or if this is what is really happening on the yacht and it's being represented that way. Oh yeah, I definitely think it's as real as it comes. I personally this my second season I think looks less dramatic than what it felt like. <laughs> So really? I always made, I was like, this actually doesn't look too bad. But in the moment, it felt like it felt like the world was ending every day. <laughs> so it's definitely as real as it comes. They do not need to make up that drama because it's absolute chaos. Yeah. So let's talk about this season for Sometimes. a second. This season just wrapped. You had some very interesting guests on this season, the fighting couple couple in the finale. That was really something else. What what is that like to be around these guests? Sometimes do you want to remind them they're being filmed? Oh, it's honestly, I don't know how they don't realize that there's a camera in front of their face. Like they're gonna watch this back and their kids are gonna watch this back. That's what's so insane to me. Yeah. You know, or like when we had that dentist and I'm thinking, oh my God, you're like a professional, like your clients are going to see this, your patients, like it's just insane. But anyway, right. what happens when you have a lot of alcohol? Yes. Is there anything that happened um, off camera that would be interesting to know? Like, do, do people ever put the camera down and say, wait a minute, I want to have this moment, um, you know, and, it, and it's interesting to talk about. Oh my God, no, the camera never goes down. <laughs> Um, on Below Deck, this is a, one of the shows on Bravo that does not have a reunion. So I wanted to know if there was a reunion, what would be an issue you think that was brought up or discussed? Everything from beginning to end. Um, I think I think I definitely think between Kyle and Natalia issue. I think between Natalia and I, I think. I just think, yeah, people shit stirring. I think that would be questioned. I think people's management skills would be questioned. Um, yeah, personally, I, I would be always open to a reunion, but yeah, I guess, I don't know. I hope. We don't know. You never know. Yeah. It may, may not. I don't know, but I would be so, open to that. So some of the critics out there said you as a chief stew, what, uh, your demeanor was a little abrasive. What would you say to that? Okay. <laughs> Is that your I opinion? mean, look, it's like, it's like, I get why, but there was a reason for it. And unfortunately, it's it's hard to, to, to get into why, because it wasn't filmed and it's something that the viewers haven't seen. Um, but there was definitely more to why I was irritated. There was a lot of talk behind the scenes and things that I was hearing um, so by the time I got into that boat, I was just like fuming. What, what, do you, what do you mean? There was just gossip that started before you even got there? Yeah. And also like, yeah, there was, I would say there was, 
as we said it was. There was just a game that was being played, and I was I I had my my feeling that there was a game that was being played between certain people, and I was just super irritated. And at the same time, once I walked into the boat, I was really uncomfortable, and I could just see eyes on me. Like people weren't very. I mean, besides yeah, besides like one or two people that were welcoming, but it just felt almost like oh, you know, she's here, like ruined our little dream team going on so it kind of it was really uncomfortable so did that make you put like a wall up and have some real boundaries with these people yeah I was like I am not going to be stepped over right by any means but I think you know on a real yacht that would be normal it would be acceptable True. I mean, on a real yacht, you wouldn't have three chief's shoes. Let's just put it that way. On a real okay. yacht, I don't think any sane captain is going to bring three people that are head of departments to work with each other because we all have different styles. And it's a recipe for disaster. And the mm. first time I ever worked in yachting, we actually had the situation where we had two chief's shoes and it was a mess, a complete mess, because it's always going to be an ego and a power struggle. Someone's always going to think that they know better. And that was my biggest worry, and I knew that it just was going to – either way, it was going to be a problem. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you had a fan recently say some, make a comment um, about the fact that they were saying you were a diversity hire. What are your thoughts about that? <laughs> I actually did see that. That's insane. It's crazy because, you know, I've really busted my ass in this industry and I I actually don't even take that seriously because I am one of the few, I'm not going to name names, but I'm the few yachties in this below deck universe that actually still works in yachting. Mm -hmm. And post-show, I ended up working on a boat larger than the one that you see on below deck, managed more people and did a phenomenal job and it was a really, really tough boat. So to those of them that are like diversity hire, I would love them to send forth their CVs and see if they can do it themselves. Okay. I love that. That's my answer. (laughs) Um, In watching the show back from this season, you know, what were your thoughts? Was there anything you, you already said you thought it was more dramatic in real life than what you saw, but um, was there anything that you saw in the editing that you saw on TV that you didn't even know happened? Oh, oh, a lot. I mean, the shouting between, like, Kyle and Jess, like, um, the gossiping, you know, I just didn't realize that it was that bad because it's just, like, certain people, every, actually everybody, every every person that I was interacting with, I had a personal relationship with them, but I didn't see their relationships with other people because I was busy. I'm upstairs, I'm working, I'm running around. So it was really interesting to see how people's demeanors and behaviors changed or were way worse than what I thought it was. Because someone Mm. can come tell me, oh my God, this person did this to me, but I wasn't there, so I can't see that. And so that was a little disappointing um, and very surprising. I also didn't know about the multiple hookups. (laughs) I have no idea so many people were hooking up. I almost felt like I wasn't even living on that boat. That's funny. Honestly. That's so interesting. Um, So is there a below deck friend that you still talk to? 
you know, you kind of create like a fam, like you feel like a family a little bit when you film these kind of shows. So is there someone that's yeah. still in your life? Oh yeah. Many of them. I mean, Aisha Bertini from season one, Captain Schiff, Ryan, Captain Jason, um, you know, from my season now it's Jess and Lily. Like I still speak to them. Luca. Right. I was with Luca at BravoCon. So you still do. Yeah. But I would say like the person that's like my bestie is Bertini. Like that's my girl. <laughs> so I think people are curious. Like yeah. Once you're done filming stuff like this, how does it work? Because then you have to, you, I mean, if you're doing this to be an actress or to, you know, further your television career, you go down one road, but if you're really working in the yachting industry, how do you get back mm-hmm. into it? You just apply. You apply for work, but it can be tough. It can be tough because especially the more that you do and the more that captains see that you're on this boat. I've had boats where they've said, sorry, you've been on below deck. We don't want to hire below deck. So it can hinder you from getting another job. Um, But you just apply. And I have many friends in the industry. But I'm curious why. Because they don't think why they think that it's they don't want us. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious if it's because they want, um, you know, you to understand how to be, you know, quiet about things and be very under the radar, or is it because they think you have too much drama because of that? Like, what? why would you not get hired? Yeah, because, like, what you were saying is that it's, like, so dramatized, they assume that you're drama, and that's not the essence of yachting. So the minute they hear that you're on below deck, they're like, oh, well she's definitely going to be drama and she's going to be dramatic and she's going to be this. So, I mean, I've had, you know, I remember my first season, I went on a boat and I only told them, they found out actually because a fan came up to me when we were having a crew dinner um, and that's how they found out. And they were like, wow, Timmy, if we had known that, we would have never hired you, but you're not going anywhere because we love you. And that's because I don't start drama, you know? It's like, yeah. So a lot of the times I get where they're coming from. Because if they watch the season from mid, I mean, they're going to be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. This is not yeah. how we do it. So, so how, how long ago did you guys wrap? 2021. What, what year are we on? 2023. 2022 is when we filmed. Oh, wow. So it's been a while. Like, so, have, so you said you've been working on, on yachts since. Yeah, I worked on yachts since. And is that your trajectory? Like, are you going to continue doing that? What do you want to do with your future? My cutoff was always 30 when I started yachting and I'm 30 at the end of this year and my certificates are ending. So this is my last run. Um, It's been a great run, but no, we're not. We're going to move on. Okay. I would love to move to households. Okay. Oh, meaning working um, as like a house manager? Yeah. For a couple of like houses, that would be good. Yeah. I mean, it's the same kind of concept because it's, it's high end hospitality for a wealthy individual taking care of all their stuff, knowing how to put, um, you know, tabletops and, you know, doing all these things that are special, um, services kind of for an individual. So I, I totally understand that. Do you think that you will, um, so you're not going to do any more seasons. Is that what you're saying? No, you never know. I mean, you never know with me. Okay. You never know. Right. So you're open to I mean, I'm open to anything. I'm open to opportunity. Okay. 
I'm going to ask it you. feels right. I'm going to ask you a couple kind of rapid fire questions. Um, if you could pick okay. a dream team to do a season with, who would it be oh. and where would it be? Oh my God. That is crazy. <laughs> um, okay, so I'd pick Asia Brittini, Chef Ryan, just to stir shit up. <laughs> um, Fraser, definitely Fraser. Alex, okay. we need a cutie. Yep. Gabriella from Sailing, mm-hmm. um, Captain Jason, and Captain Sandy. I think okay. we could have those two together. Okay. That's my dream team. And it would be somewhere wild, like maybe Alaska. Okay. That's where I was born, by the way. I love it there. Oh, I love that. It's a beautiful place to be on a boat. Okay, you've been some to you've been to a lot of beautiful places. What would be your favorite one? The Bahamas. Really? Okay. Yeah, um, on has, a yacht. Has, yeah. Has there ever been a request <laughs> by a guest that totally blew your mind because it was so ridiculous? Yes, when we were asked to get a birthday cake for Fat Joe at like 9 p.m. at night in New York City. Okay. Okay. Did you pull that off? Yes. Thank you to Carlos Bakery. (laughs) Um, Okay. When you get off the boat at the end of the season, what is the first thing you do? Eat, sleep, go see your boyfriend. Like what, what's the first thing you want to do when you get off? I literally sleep for seven days straight. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. I like live in the bed. Wow. Yeah. Actually, which takes me to a different question, but you know, there's so much made of these nights out that you guys all have. Like why, what is the feeling going on that you guys all need to party that hard when everybody leaves? Like for me, I would feel like I want to stay in my room and watch Netflix. I don't want anyone around me. I want to just be by myself. I want to drink, but it seems like everyone really wants to go out and blow some steam off. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, we're doing a reality show and it is our job. So it is expected of us to go out. I mean, you know, there are times where you don't want to, mm-hmm. Like there were times when I didn't want to, but at the same time, it's just like, you kind of just have to do what you have to do. I also think it's great because it keeps the adrenaline going. Yeah. So that you can crash after. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. almost like, and you know, once you're out and you're having dinner and you, you, you really we have a couple of drinks and it's just like everything becomes fun again. Right. So, but if you really don't want to, you don't have to, but at the same time, it is a show. And in real life, we're not doing this. Got it. We okay. are sleeping. Got it. Right. Um, what is one thing about working and living on a boat that would surprise people? Oh, I always say that I don't know if it's every boat I've been on, but normally not choosing when you want to eat killed Mm. me. Like I'm just such a conscious eater and like people assume that you can just be like, oh, I'm going to go grab something to eat right now whilst you're like on shift. No, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. My first boat, I had to get told when to eat. Right. I would assume it's very weird that you're spending all this time with these crew members. Again, like becoming a family kind of, and you go through all this stuff with them and then 99% 99% of the time, you probably never see these people again because they're all from different walks of life and go on to do a million other things. And you're not oh, living in one area, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. No, honestly, that is true. Um, you never, ever, ever see these people ever again. And yeah. I mean, I don't know the last time I saw anyone from like my first book. Yeah. And you can spend eight months with them. You can be roommates with them. You can eat, breathe, sleep them. You can share all these experiences in different parts of the world and you'll never see them again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sum up this season in three words, like crazy, exhausting, emotional, whatever. Exhausting, chaotic, and overwhelming. Okay. Um, last question. Do you watch any other Bravo shows? Oh, I was literally just watching the real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I was watching the reunion. Me too. What are your thoughts about that? Oh my God, that season finale. I was like sitting there like this. It was so insane. So good. So, so good. So do you think Monica Monica should be kicked off the show or you think that's amazing what she did? No, she needs to come back. I mean, she's definitely plays dirty, but she's great. Okay. <laughs> okay. I've been watching it too. I, I wouldn't want to be there with her. Yeah, right. But I'll tell you, it seems like this is their best season. It's really good. It is so, so good. I really, really love it. I enjoy it a lot. Do you watch any other shows on Bravo? I, I do. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is another one that I really like. Yeah, it's either Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Atlanta, I'm not too into anymore, um, Salt Lake City, and that's about it. And then the Below Decks. Okay, so I'm not last, a big TV person. Okay, so last difficult question. If they did an ultimate girls trip with all different Bravo stars, it doesn't have to be girls, but ultimate trip from all Bravo reality stars who would you pick to go on that with you okay i like Teresa. okay i need her there for spice i love carl richards because she's a capricorn queen i need erica jane um i would have monica <laughs> just for control purposes and you know what i'm gonna bring danielle star back wow why we're gonna make this really spicy. And then me and Aisha, and we can just sit down and watch. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it. That's great. All right. Where can people find you? Well, I am on Instagram at Dumimfango, same as Twitter at Dumimfango, same as everything else. Just okay. And just like, what's on your bucket list going forward? Travel, 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 fun, 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 fun. Great. Okay. Really? Tina, I, wish, I just want to travel. Did... I would really love to ski this year. Skiing is the number one thing. Great. I love that. Timmy, I wish you the best of luck. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope our listeners got to understand you a little better. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course.
Thank you so much for listening to Misunderstood. I'm your host, Rachel Yucatel. Please be sure to subscribe to the show and give us a five-star rating and review. You can support the show by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash misunderstood with Rachel Yucatel. Do you have ideas for the show or want to reach out? Email us at info misunderstood podcast at gmail.com. That's spelled M-I-S-S understood. Thank you so much and I'll see you next time. Misunderstood.